when you first said, don't bring your family into this, I'm like, I would never have a fling with someone in my family. I didn't realize where you were going. I'm like, that's weird. (laughs) Girl, I'm Mormon. Who knows? Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. everybody to a very fun moving on episode of breakups broken hearts and moving on this podcast is heavily about breakups but it is also about the moving on process and for some people that means casual dating sex with no strings attached flings and just generally getting back out there and so I asked a close friend of mine who has experience with all of those things to come and talk to us this week. And we are talking about flings. Hello, Julie. Welcome back. Hello. I'm so glad to be back with you. This is such a fun topic. (laughs) I think so too. I have a, a few friends who are authors and I made a goal a few months ago that between I think like June and the end of the year, I would read as many of my friends books as possible. And yours was the first one that I picked. And it is called go ahead. (laughs) It is called found swiping right on me to find love. And I believe you read it pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It is hard to put a book down that your friend is writing about their love life. So (laughs) I did. I am a very avid ardent, whatever the word is, reader. But I i mean, in about a week, I had read the entire thing. It's fun to think of your friend going through these experiences. Can you tell us just a little bit more about the book before we dive into flings? Absolutely. And I've heard this from everybody who's read it, people I know and people that I don't know, that it's a quick read. It's a fun beach read, weekend read. I had to hold I... myself back. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I was like, what is going to happen? been with this girl. <laughs> well, and, and that's I had what to be disciplined. Yeah, it, it's meant to be a cautionary tale, right? It's written from the oh. standpoint, this could happen to you anywhere. And so there's no places in the book, there's no names to kind of protect the innocent and the guilty. So I've given each of the guys who protect That was cute name. because I use nicknames for all of yep. my exes on this show. And so when I saw that you did that in the book, I was just loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people do. And I wrote this because I wanted to help people be more kind, compassionate and respectful to themselves so they can do the same for others in the dating world, because we know it's not always that way out there. (laughs) And I wanted to give people a tool they could relate to and help people and women especially realize that they're part of this equation. Because I talk about in the book at the beginning where I didn't really know myself or who I was, and that had a big impact. And I'm now a transformational mindset coach and hypnotherapist. So I look back on some of these things now that I'm trained and I'm working with other people and helping them and I can see where I made mistakes and I can see how I didn't really know who I was at the beginning of the book. And I think that that's true for a lot of people and a lot of people in dating and flings are definitely part of the book. And I'm so happy we get to talk about that today. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited to reach out to you to ask you if you'd want to do this topic because I know that you, God, this book, I mean, 
what haven't you specifically experienced when it comes to online dating? And one of them was flings and one that was very positive for you. And I've had some positive flings as well. And that is why we are doing this episode partially because if you're recovering from a breakup, having a fling or allowing a fling can really serve you in so many ways. And there's lots of risks to it as well. And so I wanted to encourage people to get out there and allow themselves to have this experience, but also know how to navigate it so that you don't feel like you're getting burned or that you feel like it it disserved you rather than actually helped you farther on the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you consider a fling to be? Yep. Okay. And what I consider a fling to be is probably different than what you consider in other people, because I actually had a conversation with some friends this weekend telling them I was about to do this episode. (laughs) And it was a combination of women and men. And they said, well, what is a fling though, really? And I thought about it and I decided I was going to look up the definition so, oh. <laughs> right. Because, because everybody had different thoughts and I have to tell you, the thoughts were predominantly negative oh, because no. in these, yeah, in these people's minds, think about when flings are actually talked about. It's usually like, oh, he had a fling or she had a fling in the middle of a relationship. Can I cut in and, really quickly? And these were your Australian pals. Yes. Yes. Okay. It, yeah. They have a lot different. Okay. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, they are very like monogamous relationship oriented more so than I think Americans are. I'm just going to throw that out there. Please go on. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it depends anywhere in the world, right? It, okay. It's different and it's different in different pockets in different places. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to have that conversation because I never really literally thought about the definition. And I, I will admit I've had more than one fling. Mm-hmm. I've always been single when I've done it. And I would consider different flings, different things and having different meaning at different times in my life. But when I looked up the the definition, it started by saying a fling is a colloquial term. So it's an old term used to describe a brief and casual romantic or sexual relationship between two people. It typically implies that the relationship is not serious or long term. And it's often characterized by a lack of commitment or emotional involvement. A fling can also refer to a short-lived or impulsive activity or action, not necessarily li- limited to romantic or sexual encounters. Okay. And the term is subjective, depending <laughs> on the context or the individuals involved. So, you know, to me, what a fling really means is something that there's a lack of a commitment Right. It's short term. It's no strings attached would be my. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a focus typically on enjoyment. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I guess in all of that, I don't feel like the the definition you just read was inherently negative at all. So it's definitely not had that perspective. But the definition, I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's still also something out there that says flings are okay for men, but women, she's a bad girl if she's doing that, Mm -hmm. right? And we need to stop with that. We need Mm -hmm. to realize that everybody is human, has sexual urges, wants enjoyment, and everybody should be treated equally across the board, as long as it's consensual. Mm -hmm. And as long as people are open and honest and having conversations about what, what does this mean? I will say for me and a lot of people, you know, in the solo community or in the poly community who aren't looking to get married, I'm often like, how do I register for a fling? Seriously. I had one a year ago. He got major feelings and it and it ended. And ever since then, I was like, how did I create that? And how can I create it again? <laughs> so yes, I don't think when it comes to women, I mean, we have the exact same needs and um, it's excitement and enjoyment. And that is what you were going for when you got online, when you eventually met Kentucky. So if you wouldn't mind, can you first tell us how you actually arrived at the position where you were open to a fling, who he was, 
And yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. For me, what happened was I'd been married for seven years and then I divorced and I took some time off to kind of heal and I thought get to know myself, but it really took a lot more than that year. But I got to the point where I was starting to have sexual urges and I'm realizing the way to take care of those or to (laughs) meet somebody and get back out there. Right now, (laughs) relationship, give or take sex. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I knew, I I knew I wasn't ready for that. And so I think you kind of attract in what you're ready for. And I attracted into my online experience, my first foray into this, a guy who was coming in from out of town. And so also before I was, before I was married, you know, there wasn't really texting or sexting. Mm -hmm. And this guy started messaging me and it was very light sexting. And I'm like, Ooh, is this okay? Can oh I do God. this? I didn't know. So I set up to meet him and we met and had a lovely time. And I didn't take it all the way to fling yet because I was still conflicted in my mind. Then we had a lovely afternoon together before I went over for Christmas dinner at my friend's house <laughs> with a group of predominantly gay men. And I was they just going to say you're gay boyfriends, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I, they took one look at me and they're like, girl, <laughs> what oh have you God. been up to? You are glowing. <laughs> but along with the glow, there was a little bit of an aftermath. And I'm going to read a little bit of, of what I was going through. And so remind us, Julie, what is the name of the book? The name of the book is Found, Swiping Right on Me to Find Love, because that's where we need to start with ourselves. (laughs) So here we go. This is um, Mm. after I had my little afternoon delight with Kentucky. (laughs) And uh, here's the big question and the one that weighed heavily on me and left me feeling a bit anxious after the afterglow wore off the following day. Just what is the appropriate follow-up after casual sex Mm. or maybe in insert the word beginning of a fling. (laughs) This is new to me. I hadn't been in this situation before. Sex was always something that was part of a relationship or the way to a relationship, not something entered in so soon or so casually. When Kentucky left the previous afternoon, we'd said we'd get together again, and I looked forward to it. But I wasn't getting the level of follow-up I was expecting, and I started to go back to my old mindset and habits. I felt anxious about what it meant and what would happen. All of those fears from my teenage years, the thoughts of having sex and never hearing from a guy again resurface. Plus, I'd enjoyed it and wanted to do it again (laughs) and had limited availability while Kentucky was in town. So I'm going to stop there. Then I went into my head, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And got Mm -hmm. into what do I do? How do I handle this? And Mm -hmm. I, I think I mentioned before, I wasn't very good at having kind of upfront conversation at that point in time. You weren't then, but by the end of the book, you were like, you know, balls to the walls. Yeah, yeah. But at, at that point of time, and I think somebody who's not used to experiencing a fling or doing it for the first time needs some help to understand, hey, we're going into this. Let's have a conversation up front about what it means to each of us, mm-hmm. how we're going to communicate, what's next. And I think for myself at that point of time, I was so used to waiting for the man to come to me, used to looking for a relationship. So this type of feeling and experience was all new to me. And I went straight back to my old high school, college girl ways of, is he going to call me? What's going to happen? How is this going to work? And getting anxious about when am I going to see him again? So I think setting up those types of conversations and understanding what are the boundaries here? What are we looking for? How is this? What are the mechanics? You know, are we going to text once a week, once a month, once an hour, you know, as long as you're on the same page. Mm -hmm. When, when did you think that you, when did you, when do you think that you kind of crossed that bridge with Kentucky? Because I know that in the end you, from what I understand, did consider it to be a positive fling a good experience you guys even stayed on good terms and oh, yeah. you actually you didn't push down your feelings but you had a conversation with yourself just enjoy it for what it is I think after I I had a conversation with a, a friend in the book who is called boy friend because he was a boy <laughs> yes, and a friend I like boy friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> sure. In fact, I want to talk to you off air sometime because I can kind of picture him, to be honest. <laughs> Again, we protect all the people in the book, yep. but <laughs> she wouldn't um, even tell me where it took place. I got in touch exactly. with her and said, I really want to know where you were living at. And she said, I don't tell because I want it to be relatable to everyone and exactly. we're, we're good friends and I actually do know now but <laughs> yeah Shh, don't tell anybody nope, that's a I'm secret not, not. <laughs> yeah but the, the important thing is you know I went into this very excited about having a sexual experience with somebody new mm. and different and also quite nervous about it as well um truth be told having the hindsight having the knowledge now helping other people through experiences like this I realize how important it is to set up in your mind first before you go into it. What are the boundaries that you want to have? How do you want this to work? And being open to having that conversation and setting the context with someone else, which is I'm really excited to have this opportunity to do this together. What is it? What are you thinking you want it to look like? And here's what I'm thinking I want it to look like in coming to a common ground. I think you can do that in a sexy, cute, comfortable way and not, I think a lot of people consider these, these types of conversations, like we are going to sit down and each say what we want and then agree to it, which for some people that's totally great, but it can also be done kind of, um, casually, but also very pointedly at the same time, just like with you, like using protection for sex, you don't need to each sit down with your arms crossed and commit you know, to using protection, you can say it in a cute way before it even comes to that. But the important part is that it's communicated. Exactly. Exactly. That's the most important thing is to have that communication happen in a way that both of the, both of you are comfortable with. It's having that m- emotional maturity and that mm-hmm. ability to say, think about what do I need in this to feel comfortable and to the next day still feel comfortable and happy with mm. the fact that I did this because it is a really pleasurable and enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep it that way. You mentioned that you had somebody who, you know, caught the feels, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so you had, to, you had to end things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to always go into these things for what it is and realizing kind of the definition that I gave before of a fling. It's short term, it's casual. I know sometimes we want to romanticize and think, oh, maybe this will turn into something else. (laughs) And it could, but we can't go into that thinking that we're going to turn it into something else. Also, we don't need to live life and relationships always on what we call in the solo community, the relationship escalator. And that is that you're always going to the next step in a relationship, meaning and eventually getting married. And sometimes it can just be for the experience or the connection and not necessarily what's next. And that's what's so cool about a fling. I will also say, I felt reading the book that you were thinking that Kentucky was very mature in this regard of like just putting it out there. I am in town. I want to connect with you while I'm in town. And that allowed you to feel safe and that it was your own feelings that kind of got you off kilter. Is um, Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. He, he was very clear with where he was going. Yeah. I just hadn't <laughs> experienced something like that before and, and wasn't as clear. I was in the beginning and then I got into my head. <laughs> and so we need to realize that can happen. Right. And so for me, the way to not catch the feels mm-hmm. in something like this is to have a fling with somebody who's out of town or somebody who much, much younger Ooh, girl, <laughs> okay. not, not, not somebody <laughs> I could see, you know, getting involved with for a long time, but happy to for a short time. And he was lovely, not just in bed, but we had beautiful conversations <laughs> and time together. Right. And I also knew that at some point he'd want to have children and I'm past that point. So there was definitely not an opportunity there. Um, another fling I had was right before I moved to Australia. So I knew there was nothing there. He was also poly and not open to something like that, but all of those things 
in my mind, make it much easier than somebody that I could picture as a long-term partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about the positive things about having a fling. A lot of my listeners are either coming out of a relationship or very likely single. And I think that this is actually like an opportunity or an option that some people don't consider really pursuing or being open to until you do it. And (laughs) we've both done it a couple of times. So I want to encourage men and women and otherwise to be open to this. First of all, when you meet someone and you connect with them and we're living in society that tells us that there must be these next steps, a fling is awesome because there's no pressure for that. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and, and by the way, we should take the pressure off dating as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, that maybe that be should wonderful. just be the general rule. It, that mm-hmm. should be the general rule. However, from the standpoint of a fling, by the very nature of it, we don't have to worry about what's going to happen six mm-hmm. months or a year out. We can just take the time to enjoy ourselves. It also helps us get to know ourselves and what we like and what we dislike. Yes. And there is that famous old <laughs> saying, the best way to get get over someone is to get under someone else. <laughs> I mean, look, it doesn't work for everyone, but girl, it works for a lot of people. It has worked for, for me a thousand percent. And seriously, if you can break up with someone and then have an amazing, passionate sexual experience with someone else... That is going to really help to, you know, wash away the the sadness about <laughs> not being with the last person. And that's another thing about flings is because you're so in the moment, a lot of the time, I mean, the sex is good. If <laughs> Absolutely. Good. <laughs> it also, it, it helps rebuild your self-esteem and see yeah. yourself as a sexual being again, mm-hmm. to feel confident, to feel desired. All of these things are so important. And when you're feeling that way, if indeed you are interested in something longer term, you're in a much better place to be able to attract somebody for that type Mm -hmm. of relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's a lot to be said about feeling desired after a breakup, especially after a marriage where things get really ho hum for a while sexually. And, and I've heard a lot of people say this about one night stands as well, which the two, there's a lot of overlap between flings and one night stands, Yeah, but it was just the, the feeling of just being like so needed right in the moment, right then that really like changed things for people without even talking about anything and not thinking that you might even see the person again. It was just the feeling of someone (laughs) wanting you so bad. I I would imagine, I can't speak from experience from that one. In my 20s, after I ended a relationship, I did decide, you know what? I should experience a one-night stand. Everyone should experience this once in my life or in your life. And I went out and tried, and we didn't end up consummating. And he kept calling me. I'm like, this is the biggest fail in a one-night stand anybody's ever had. So you would call that a fling fail. (laughs) absolutely so i went to my facebook and i asked people have you had a fling that you considered to be very positive oh man i got some really great comments one woman said yes more than once when you start loving people for who they are rather than what they can do for you this experience is very available I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know what? I it, That just made me think when I've spoken to more women than men about this, um, women seem to have flings when they go on vacation or go yes, on holiday, um, right? Someone else said, absolutely. Clear boundaries and expectations were set and it was a great experience. Yay. Love that. This is one with a little more context or, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. So she said, 
I and I really wanted to to read this because it actually was a little bit more in the one night stand area, but she ended up considering it a fling and feeling very positive about it where she actually could have gone the other way. She said, I had a fling that could have been looked at as a bad date, but I found it to be monumentally positive for me. I learned that I am very attracted to intellect. I didn't realize this about myself until I allowed myself to get to know someone that would not have been on my dating checklist. I also learned I have amazing sexual desires that I'm not embarrassed to talk or act on. Ooh, I love this. Yes, me too. That unexpected man that was not a good fit for me helped me realize this. I allowed myself that freedom to act rather than to overthink. The third thing I realized from this thing, from this fling, is that I felt so empowered. Learning this is changing me to recognize the value of my divine feminine. Yeah, girl. It's helping me to embrace my sexual desires. And this little fling, that was the way out of the box for me. It has also shown me how smart I am, what a good listener I am, and that I am a solid woman that has more value than words can describe. So was it a bad date? I say, no way. (laughs) Absolutely not. That was a fantastic fling. And I love this woman so much. I want to be her best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I will let her know. I happen to uh, know who this is. She also came (laughs) out of a divorce and went on to have this experience. And yeah, wow. Um, If you're listening, way to go. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Like it's, It's so important. There's so much we can learn about ourselves by having these types of experiences. And I love that she started to see that this was something she can take back into the rest of her life and apply it to any other type of relationship, whether she wants to have another fling, something longer term. We can apply this type of thinking across the board. And wow, we're powerful when we do that. Yes. And I like also what she said about um, it helped her to kind of collect data, you know, and that is what a crush is good for. That is what sometimes just leaning into an attraction is good for. Sometimes that's what a one night stand is good for. When she said she learned that she's very attracted to intellect. I thought that was interesting, especially knowing this person, that this was the catalyst for her to discover that. Yeah. And that yeah. she hadn't realized that before. And now she she knows more about herself. In addition to knowing more about yourself, the fact that rather than saying, hey, this guy isn't for me long term and walking off, she found something interested about him, interesting mm-hmm. about him and stayed and learned more. And coming back to what I said before is we're putting too much pressure on dating in general, thinking about what's going to come out of it. If we treated every experience kind of like we would a thing a fling not thinking too long term not getting caught up in our head but just going into it enjoying we would have better dates in general right Mm -hmm. yes no expectations (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. and no attachment which is a buddhist concept that i actually talk about on this show a lot yeah. All right. I have some juicy fling stories. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. <laughs> and when we come back, I'm going to talk about my fling stories. Julie and I are going to talk about how to avoid catching feels and other things to keep in mind if you are going to allow yourself to have this experience. I mean, it's the holidays. Don't people <laughs> travel? I mean, are holiday flings a thing? Ooh, if not, we should make them explain. (laughs) All right, I'll be right back. Nothing shatters your life like a breakup. And the feeling of a broken heart is real. I know that it seems impossible right now, but there is hope and there are ways to heal. I would love to work with you one-on-one to heal your broken heart and put your breakup behind you. My personalized coaching programs are designed to pinpoint what will be most effective in helping you to move forward 
and make this breakup a part of your past. I believe in you. Message me at breakupspodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at breakupspodcast and let's connect about creating a magical plan of action to get this breakup in your rear view mirror. Welcome back, everyone. This has started out as a juicy episode. I have enjoyed hearing about Julie's flings. Um, Do you feel that you're still open to flings, Julie? I am. I'm a little, (laughs) I know you caught the hesitation. I'm, I'm a little less open to it right now because I'm a little bit more careful about who I let into my orbit. Yeah. That's why I don't have casual sex right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so listen, if the right man and right opportunity came along, heck yeah. Um, it hasn't happened for a while and, Mm -hmm. and it's also interesting and I definitely want to hear your story, but here's something else I learned from research real quickly before we go there, which is so many women on the dating apps don't want to say that they're open to a fling or sex or whatever, because they feel like they're going to be treated badly, um, or get really kind of icky responses. (laughs) However, these same women are all saying, you know what? Yes, I'd like a relationship long-term, but short-term, I'd be completely happy with a fling, mm-hmm. but don't know how to get to that point to have yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So share your story and tell us how you get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I think I should start by saying I'm lucky or good at uh, the fact that I meet people in out in the wild. I don't have as many online dating stories as you by a long shot. <laughs> I'm very extroverted, very social. And so all of my fleeing stories do start with meeting someone in real life. And Yay. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm open to online dating, but I also want people to, I guess, be inspired by the fact that there is someone who's just out there meeting people. So I have two. Both of them are so great. One of them came right after my divorce. So this was over 10 years ago at this point. My best friend and I went on a cruise to celebrate my divorce. (laughs) Well done. Yeah. As you should. As you should. (laughs) Everybody should either have a divorce party or a divorce trip. The cool thing about this was her dad was the manager of a luxury cruise line. And so that was awesome. I mean, the two of us stood out like a sore thumb everywhere that we went. Anyways, her dad asked the sommelier and the lead and the head chef to take us out one night when we were docked or ported, whatever it was, um, in Bermuda. I ended up really hitting it off with the head chef. And so for the next few days, there was just this crazy flirtation, especially because her dad was breaking the rules, suggesting that we hang out at all. Like you're not meant to have like the staff, the passengers going out at all. And so that, (laughs) that kind of created a extra thing. And I hadn't had sex with anyone since my divorce. And I, one day I was like, I have to have sex with this guy before we go back to New York. And I don't, I just don't know if he's, if he's feeling it, like how would we even do this? And so one day we went to have lunch and he was, you know, managing things. And again, I was just like, Oh, you know, got to make this happen. And so she said, why don't you write a note and I will go and give it to him in the restaurant and tell him to like, come here to our, our cabin. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. So I write this, you know, cute note. And I can still remember because, you know, I don't know if you know, I have very nice handwriting. And so I handed it to her. Girl, you will not believe what happened next. I'm guessing our, he ran. <laughs> our phone rang. And it was him asking if he could come to the cabin. <laughs> oh, my God. And we are both just like... You know, like not able to believe it. And she took off and yeah, I think he did run. I was like, yes, <laughs> like definitely. 
And it was very romantic. Like the wind was coming in and the curtains were blowing. I will also say that he did not disappoint. (laughs) I'm like totally blushing right now. But it was just like what you would imagine your first time after your divorce being like, like times 10. It was yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I oh love that God. for you. Oh my <laughs> God. Like I still remember so vividly what it was like having sex with him. Um, and we stayed hanging out for a few more days. He lived in Turkey and I lived in New York. So I don't think it, either of us thought anything would yeah. happen. We did like become Facebook friends, but I, I mean, it was, it was just what it was. Exactly. exactly. And it was so good for me, especially after the divorce, to feel desirable, have an exciting experience, have be with someone else, and just kind of love life, live in the moment, and also not feel like I had to give something back. Beautiful. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. And oh, his name was Zaffer. And seriously, if you're listening... Thank you. It was it was great. <laughs> so <laughs> and so I had I had a few. But the other one I wanted to share was when I was living in Melbourne, I met someone who was from America. I don't think I've told you this, but I used to do Tantra sessions. Oh, okay. And great. he was one of yeah, it was great. Um he was one of my clients. And I we had communicated a little bit before the session as you do. But then once he got there, he didn't realize that I was American. And so when he got there, you know, we started talking about that. And he was just really excited. So when the session ended, he asked if I would go out with him on the town the next night. I would never normally do this uh, with a client. But I just felt like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) go for it. He was so cute. Oh, my God. So he took me out. And it was pretty much like... Crown Plaza, you know, all the best places to eat, all the best places to drink. And I stayed at his hotel. He had to leave really early in the morning to go back to New York, but he made sure that I was able to like have breakfast and stay for part of the day. And that was that. That's beautiful. It was. And this is what I wanted to end on with this particular story is I had been through a lot before meeting him and I didn't really know like what I wanted or what I was worth or that. And for that entire night, I don't know. He just like honored me. He made me feel so special. And also like I was the only person in his life and he was really going out of his way to show both of us a good time. When I left to go back to my apartment, I got in the cab and that song, Take Me to Church, was playing. <laughs> I know this is a little cheesy, but I got in the cab and it was playing. And I just thought, this is something that you need to just make sure that you get. You have seen what you want and you should go for it. And I have since then. We n- never talked again. I mean, I was living in Melbourne. He was in New York. What would... yeah the purpose be, but it had a very transformative effect on me. I I think those are beautiful stories and thank you for sharing those. I think a good lesson in that, what I'm thinking of now as I'm going back in my mind, I don't think I've ever regretted a fling, Mm -hmm. but there's one or two I regretted not having. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone listening, like seriously, seize the day. Carpe diem. (laughs) Go for it. And especially if you are traveling, if you are single, I have a little something to reveal, which I hope this doesn't go too far. Um, But as you know, I go to Tombstone a couple times a year. (laughs) I have always wanted to like hook up with a cowboy in Tombstone. I'm guessing you're not the only one. (laughs) I have not even gotten close. They're making it happen. (laughs) But every time I go, it's, you know, like in my mind. In fact, the first time I went, there was a bartender. His name was Seeger. And the next time I went, I like asked about him, you know, like, where's Seeger? 
He had quit the week before. Never oh, no. <laughs> Misconnection. <laughs> Seeger, okay. if you're out there. <laughs> Seeger. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's talk about what one of the most important things about a fling is. And that is avoiding catching feels and allowing yourself to enjoy it for what it is, which is yeah. it's a moment, it's an experience, it's lovely, it's not what yeah. uh, marriage vows are made of. So what did you do, Julie? I know that you had this moment with Kentucky of, oh my God, like I'm kind of feeling it. How do I navigate this? But you did get to the point where you actually saw him multiple times and just yeah. let it be. So yeah. what was your... Yeah, exactly. A lot of conversations with friends saying, don't mm-hmm. be that girl. And me beating myself up for being that girl I didn't want to be, kind of okay. thinking it. So I would say I've evolved since then, <laughs> right? And what I would say to myself or anyone that I'm working with is... It's an, a mindfulness exercise, right? The same, same way we look at being present in the moment. We look at just really paying attention to the little details and noticing and appreciating. And then when we go back to the memory of it, doing the same, looking at it as that was that experience. And I'm appreciative of that experience and take it for what it is and what it was rather than embellishing and romanticizing and saying, oh my God, this person could now be the love of my life. We need Mm -hmm. to be realistic and say, this was a lovely time that I appreciate and I'm going to make this a beautiful memory. Mm -hmm. And compartmentalize it that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, compartmentalizing. Why do you think it's so hard for women to do that? I'd say nature, Mm -hmm. right? If you come back to men were hunters, right? They go out and hunt and have a quest and move on. So it's easier for them to disengage. Whereas women are looking biologically, we're looking for that partner who's going to be good to breed with and create strong, healthy babies and protect us, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we look at what has been programmed into our brain for hundreds and hundreds of years, it's that. And so we are more programmed to actually feel something along with that or look for something like that. So we need to consciously stop ourselves from moving forward and going in that direction, which is why I said, you know, being really mindful, being really careful and not romanticizing. Also look at the media, look at all the storybooks, Cinderella, right? Mm -hmm. That wasn't about a fling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. it, it, we we are taught all of these things as we're growing up and we're surrounded by these messages. I think it's starting to change a bit more um, than perhaps 50 years ago um, or 100 years ago. But there's still very often that seed in our brain that we're supposed to be the good girl. We're supposed to be doing this as a step towards that long-term relationship. And so we just need to remind ourselves that's not a true story and that's not necessary. So you created a container. Was there anything else that really allowed you to still look back on Kentucky with a smile on your face? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I look at that now and I've definitely matured from where I started. And, you know, just even hearing Kentucky because he's been called (laughs) that for so long. And Kentucky knows about the book, by the way, and that he's in the book and wrote a little blurb for it. And so... You know, I think being able to have that time and that distance and and that memory and being able to cherish that memory. And I I think the other thing to do is if we start romanticizing, just reminding ourselves, this was a wonderful experience. I'm going to take it for what it was and I'm going to leave it there because we don't want to tarnish that memory either by by going and saying, well, why wasn't it more? And it should have been because very often it shouldn't have. And it's just a new way of evolving our thinking. It's learning a new skill, just like mm-hmm. anything else. It's learning to be able to enjoy life in a way that we're, we're meant to, but haven't necessarily been educated on how oh, to get that's there. So, that's so true. And we got to keep on 
helping people do that with our content. I know for me, I do often when I'm in these situations, completely in the moment, tell myself, this is going to be a cool story. (laughs) And I'm going to just feel awesome and sexy for, for having this experience. I will say for me also, I've had some amazing flings. I haven't even told all of them. The geographical distance helps. I'm just going to put it out there as far as the sexiest, easiest, and most common types of flings in my life. It has been when we lived in separate locations. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and I definitely think that makes it easier because mm-hmm. you know, there's, you're just not going to be in the same place. I think the other thing is to just keep your life filled with activities you like doing. Don't sit there and wait for the next encounter, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we're sitting there thinking about when is the next encounter going to be and really clearing our schedule. So we're available at any second for that. Of course, mm-hmm. we're going to start really overthinking what we're doing. So it's, it's, you know, keep, keep your regular lifestyle. Don't (laughs) break plans with your friends and keep it really in that space where, you know, you come to agree on a time and a place rather than saying, I have to be available whenever they want me. That is such a good tip. I think dating in general, but definitely for avoiding catching the feels, if you are actually organizing your life around this person, how couldn't you catch feels? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And continue dating other people. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're open and honest, for me personally, from a safety standpoint, I, I don't like to be getting intimate with more than one person at a time. That's for me personally and and also kind of emotionally. But I don't have an issue with if I'm having, you know, this fling over here open to dating other people, as long as we're clear and open about that. And that's the other thing. Be really clear about what is allowed and what isn't. If I don't want somebody to be having another sexual partner when I'm being sexual with them, I need to be open about that up front and get that consent. And if if somebody said to me, no, I'm not happy to consent to that. I'd probably say I'm not open to having a fling. You know, it depends on the situation, but it, it it's just being really clear in your own mind. In your own mind, yeah. About what those boundaries are mm-hmm. and what you want and realize that that could be different for you at a different period in time in your life. And also for different types of relationships, because that's why yeah. I'm sitting here and you can probably tell my mind is like, Yeah, going a thousand miles a minute right now, because I'm thinking if it's a fling for me, I don't care what you're getting up to when you're not with me. Yeah. But if it's a fling, the conversation around safe sex is like absolutely non-negotiable. Keep it wrapped up when you're with me, when you're not, I don't know. It's yeah, only, well, it, but and, it's a conversation. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. what's right for you, it, it might not be right for me, and and that's yes. okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we're because showing we different all, ways of doing this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We all have our own flavor of what the fling is that we desire to draw into our life. Mm-hmm. Well, and this was another point that I was going to make, and also something that's different between the two of us is I am non-monogamous slash. I can go either way. (laughs) And I've actually felt that that made it a little easier for me to have flings in the past because I don't know. I think I'm just more open to like different ways of things turning out. And I've considered myself to be solo polyamorous in the past. I don't know if I completely identify with that now. And so in the past, I've had flings with people who were in the poly community who I stayed friends with, I knew before, I I still know. And it was just kind of this understanding of this is how we live that made it easier for me and for them and also allowed it to happen. Well, absolutely. And again, it's all about being really clear on your boundaries Mm -hmm. and what you accept and what you don't. And there's no right way or wrong way. There's only your own way. And, yes. and and if you're not clear on your own boundaries, that's when you can start to catch the feels too, because, 
you don't know what your guidelines and your guideposts are. Some people feel like when you've got rules, it's constraining. And I, I argue that rules actually create freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And rules slash boundaries. When you've got those boundaries, you know how how you want to think or take something into practice. And you're not walking around worried about it and wondering. Yep. Another tip I wanted to give as far as not catching feels goes is let's leave our friends and family pretty much out of it. <laughs> you are in, uh, and I'm, I want to know what you think about this, girl. When you are in a relationship, you want to talk to your friends about it. You want to talk to your mom about it. You want to eventually introduce them to your family, take them to hang out with your friends. These are all things that just create a snowball effect that it creates a narrative in your mind. It creates a narrative in your friends' minds. It adds more to this than it is. And so I think if you believe this to be a fling, I mean, I hope that you tell at least one girlfriend about it, considering you're going off with someone you barely know. But other than that, I say just leave it, like keep it between the two of you. Yeah. And 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 I would say when you're you're saying that, let's talk about safety for a second again. Mm-hmm. Definitely let somebody know where yes. you're going mm-hmm. when you're with somebody you don't know that well. And you I always make sure that whoever I'm seeing, I have their phone number and we've communicated at least via text. So that should anything ever happen, they will find my phone and find this person in it. <laughs> So they can be found, right? We don't. I shouldn't laugh because it's so true. I should cry because it's so true. Yes, everyone listening, uh, yeah, please we, let someone else know a thousand percent. I always we, do. That. We've got to be. Yeah, we've got to. We've got to be careful. We've got to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, all of the things. And I think, yeah, I mean, when you first said, don't bring your family into this, I'm like, I would never have a fling with someone in my family. I didn't realize where you were going. I'm like, that's weird. Girl, I'm Mormon. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I think that I, I think that's really smart. I think sharing a story with a girlfriend or two because you're excited about this. And it is something that you want to keep as a memory that helps make it a memory, but keeping it in its place. Like you said, bringing a fling along to your sister's wedding. Or probably even not a, a good idea. Hour where yeah, everyone's exactly. going to be asking who he is. And this is actually yeah. one of my biggest dating tips in general. When you are going on a first date, when you're having a fling, when yes. you're not sure what's going to happen or you don't want anything to happen, don't go around telling all of your friends. If you're going on a first date, tell one person you're going on a date, but not telling everyone that you've met this great person. Because when we attach ourselves to the narrative of what is going to happen, that's when we set ourselves up for disappointment. That's when we create a situation that leads to disappointment. Yeah. We create a story before we've even really gotten to know the person. A hundred percent. And adding on to that, then what happens is we're telling this to people who love and care about us and want something good to come of it. And so they ask, so what happened to so-and-so? And And you're like, oh, that ended badly. Or that was just a fling. And if you don't want to go there with that person, you don't want to have to explain that. So Mm. we've got to think about the aftermath in that way. If we're off blabbing about this all over town, (laughs) what's the next (laughs) conversation going to be that we're going to have to have with all of these people? And are we going to want to have those conversations? (laughs) Right. And a lot of our girlfriends are wonderful. And if we are gushing about a fling, they might encourage us to pursue it, which is like lovely and well-intentioned, but no, yeah, (laughs) just let it be. All right. Another tip I have is what do you think about this, Julie? If you are having a fling and you know it's not really going to like go into a long-term relationship, I think that when it comes to texting and calls, just kind of keep it to a minimum. If you're trying to avoid catching fills, you know, just kind of talk about when you're going to meet up, what's happening. Not like, good morning, how are you? Good night, I miss you, that yeah. type of thing. 
I agree because what happens when it ends is then we're used to having that regular conversation. This person turns into a bit of a bestie, right? Or somebody we rely on the communication from, and then we've got to readjust to not having them in our life again. Mm -hmm. And, and that takes time and effort. So absolutely a hundred percent. And it's okay to have sexy little messages so that you're excited Mm -hmm. to see them again. But like you said, let's keep that to a minimum and again, that's something that we could ag- agree to and say, hey, listen, like, let's send each other sexy little messages before we're going to meet to get ready for that yes. meeting. Mm-hmm. And that that's all I really need, though. So mm-hmm. let's keep it to that. You know, you, yes. like you said, you can do it in a fun way without... Okay, let's sit down now. <laughs> we need to talk about our texting schedule. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was saying to someone the other day who I I have been texting with a lot that I appreciate that he gives me lots of space during the day. I think that it was um, message received, <laughs> which which also I think that he appreciated. It was it was great, yeah. but it was like cute, but like specific and direct. Yeah, fair. Yeah. All right. A few more things to keep in mind about flings. We talked about safety and I do think that this is worth definitely mentioning. You have to be explicit about protection and safe sex. Uh, And if you are listening to this, feeling that you're uncomfortable with these chats, I really encourage you to get comfortable before you think about it. I mean, seriously, if you're not comfortable talking about your sexual safety throttle back and don't even do any of this. (laughs) I agree. And I would say yes. And we also need to talk about consent, what we're consenting to do and what is off limits because that's different for different people. And some people feel like, Hey, we're in the groove. I can kind of do this. And then somebody's surprised or uncomfortable. So I think having those conversations about what I like, what I'm open to, what's a non-negotiable. And again, you can do that in a sexy way without having to sit down and go, okay, let's go through my checklist. You know, I completely agree. If you're going to talk about safe sex, do it while you're still at the bar or the restaurant. And if you're going to talk about consent, I mean, this can be every, anything from what you're about to get into. And especially with a fling, I mean, is the person going to spend the night? Be honest with yourself and the and the other person. It's only fair to both of you. If I'm going to have a fling, look, to be perfectly honest, I, I would imagine I wouldn't necessarily want someone to stay over. Maybe, but maybe not as well. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, then, so I would take this a step further and say, okay, in preparation for saying I'm open to a fling, think through all of these things on your own before you're going to go have a conversation about them. So that in the moment, especially if there's alcohol or something involved that might lower your inhibitions (laughs) and get you into a place where you're not as comfortable being vocal, really be clear in your mind before you get into this, what's right for me and what's not. And really think about it and think about, you know, the next day and the next week, what you're going to be comfortable with. Because again, we're saying these are great stories. These are great memories. And we want to create an atmosphere where that can be the case. A thousand percent. Yes, please think it through. I mean, you can even go somewhat slow, even if it's a, a fling and allow yourself to, yeah, make really objective decisions for yourself. Yeah. And especially, yes, if there are holidays or alcohol involved, <laughs> it would behoove you to have thought about some of these things ahead of time. Something that I wanted to touch on is making sure that the other person is kind of on the same page as you. I have had a couple of of experiences where I thought it was a fling, and I don't think there would have been any reason for me not to, but the other person, you know, know, thought it was something that was going to go on, even when they were out of town. And so... Obviously, I wasn't explicit about the expectations or the situation ahead of time. I was younger, still learning, but then kind of thinking that it had had a bow tied around it only to have the person, you know, blowing up your phone after, which it's not fair to either of you. And so I just think, yes, being really clear before moving forward that it's a temporary thing for both of you. 
Yeah. And I think that can, even if you haven't pre-set this up at the end of the time together, I think it's fair to just simply say something like, gosh, I've had so much fun with you. I've enjoyed getting to know you. If you're back in town at some point, good point. Yep. give me a ring. Yeah, <laughs> or, that's a good tip. Uh-huh. Or even, you know what, this has been so much fun. It's created one of the most beautiful memories that I'm going to cherish. And I'm so glad we met and I wish you all the best. Yes, that's, a, that's actually a really, really good tip because I want everyone out there to know you are not obligated to anyone or anything really ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and so if it was a fling t- for you and someone is hitting you up, that doesn't mean that you're obligated to continue it. I would say it's respectful and lovely for you to be open with this person. And we will eventually do an episode on ghosting because I know it's something that you're passionate about. But wanting to end something is is the only reason that you need to end it in my book. Yeah. Listen, if somebody is harassing you, silence <laughs> is a perfectly good answer. But we need to remember we are human beings mm-hmm. with feelings. Yeah. And even though we might not have caught feelings if somebody else does be kind, be generous, be respectful, because we would want the same for us if we were on the other side of things. Yeah. When I was in my late twenties or early thirties, I had a fling with um, this really hot Brazilian guy who was visiting from Brazil in New York. And I, I seriously just thought we were hooking up for the weekend. And then when he went back to Brazil, he was like, oh, my God, like texting, emailing like every single day. I had no, I never thought I would see this guy again. Dear listener, I stopped answering him and I sincerely wish that I would have been in the place that I am now that I could have or that I would have uh, been much more open about about it. And I would have used yeah. the, the words that you just that you just did. I'm so glad we met. I had such a great time. And I wish you the best, but I, I can't continue or I don't want to continue or I'm not yeah, I don't, I, I don't see, I don't see a point in continuing because yeah. we're in different countries <laughs> and, you know, let's both get on with things. Yeah. I, I can actually think back in my dating life and that's something that if I had like one or two things that I could do over, that's definitely one. Yeah. I just read, I think it was just this morning and it's only eight o'clock here right now that oh I read my about, girl. <laughs> yeah. I, I read about Caspering. Have you ter- heard that term? No, but I'm writing it down for our, yeah. for the episodes. Okay. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> so instead of ghosting, Caspering is being respectful and answering and giving closure because that's something we all need. Caspering. And I think, yeah. Like the ghost? Yeah, exactly. I'm not quite sure why it's called Caspering other than it's an alternative to ghosting and Casper's friendly, right? Casper's the friendly ghost. Like a no cas cat C A S Casper. Casper like the ghost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so I love that term. And I think that Caspering should apply to every fling so that we do get that closure. Mm -hmm. Because that's important again to our human brain, not having the that closure creates that spiraling thoughts. And so Mm. we want to give that to ourselves and we want to give it to the other person too. And also I think that that's what makes it an actual fling is that there is a bookend. And for maybe even me and for this guy who I had the fling with, there wasn't an actual bookend. I, I you sure he was devastated I mean I, I feel horrible everyone listening like seriously this was years ago over 10 years ago but I mean that's one of the reasons I didn't even share the story because yeah my other stories were just like um open and shut flings and this not my best moment yeah <laughs> but definitely something I would I've learned from and I know today that I wouldn't want to do that. Exactly. This It's all about learning and growth. And that's why we're doing this episode, right? To help people feel really comfortable yes. and to be respectful to themselves mm-hmm. and to others. And 
to go out there and get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> a swing is, it's so much fun. I know for all, our Australian listeners, it's summer where you guys, um, in North America, it's the holidays. I know a lot of people break up before the holidays. And this can be a fun time of year to just have something for just what it is. Have an experience. Give yourself something that you will go on a podcast someday and brag about. Really? <laughs> you only live once. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was looking forward to doing this episode for the last couple of weeks. Thank you so much for being here, Julie. Oh, I just had a session with Julie. And so I know how transformative and effective it can be. Can you just give kind of in a nutshell what you do for people who are struggling yeah. with breakups and how they can find you? Yeah, they can find me at my website, juliedemsey.com, spelled D-E-M-S-E-Y. <laughs> um, and send me an e or send me an email at julie at juliedemsey.com. I work with clients with hypnotherapy. I also do coaching and mindset. It really depends on where you are, what you need. But a hypnotherapy session helps you get to the root cause of how or why this type of feeling or issue developed. And it's trapped in our subconscious mind. We all have these things, you know, where you're saying, like, there's something blocking me and I don't quite know what it is or how to get at it. And we're smart people. If we could do it, we would. But it's stuck in our subconscious. And I help people to bring that out and to shift our thoughts and feelings around it so that we can move forward successfully. And I love the work I do. It's super rewarding. I can tell. And you're also very good at it. I It's <laughs> kind of crazy. If anybody is listening who is stuck in their breakup and wanting to end the year with it behind them, start the new year just with you, hypnotherapy and working with Julie, it will be a complete game changer for you. So go to the show notes, hit me up if you want her information, hit her up <laughs> if you want to chat with her about it. Of course, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching for your breakup, I am here for you as well. If you are going to have a fling or are having a fling or have had a fling, <laughs> well done. Enjoy the hell out of it. And if you're struggling with your breakup, I am wishing you so much strength for the week ahead. Bye. Bye. Lovely being <laughs> here with you.